You're listening to the Straight Up Saints Podcast. And what's up, guys? Welcome back inside another episode of the Straight Up Saints Podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report and on Instagram at Straight Up Saints. Um, as well, for Facebook, I'll leave the links to the social media platforms in the description for this episode. Um, and make sure to subscribe on iTunes if you're not already and leave a review. If you subscribe, you're going to get every single episode immediately once it's dropped and published um, like this. And this episode's going to have another interview as well uh, for, I believe, like the third straight time. I could be wrong. Uh, and this one's going to be with Saints linebacker Craig Robertson. He's been a team captain. He's a really uh, instrumental force on special teams. And ever since Craig's come over um, from 2017, he's been great as a tackler. He's been a really good leader. He's just super charismatic. Um, you see him on the sidelines dancing. Uh, and he's just a great guy overall. And it's pretty clear characters like him have helped that Saints team transform from a 7-9 roster to one that's going 13-3 and multiple years, making runs in the playoffs, and getting very close to their ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. And I'm going to ask Craig about what the Saints need to do to get over the hump, how he feels about playing against Tom Brady in the NFC South, and his thoughts on what's going on this offseason. Could we see the Saints play in an empty Superdome, stuff like that? Uh, so you definitely don't want to miss that interview, and it's going to be on in just a couple of minutes. Before I get into the interview with Craig, though, I want to talk about real quick the biggest topic going on so far with the Saints, and that's been about a former player basically trashing them on ESPN's first take, Brandon Marshall. I think I was the first one who brought it to light, to be honest. Uh, I know, obviously, when it's on ESPN, everyone sees it. I get it. It's such a huge platform, but I think I was the first person to, one, tweet about it, and then, second, put out the video for you guys, and I didn't expect it to blow up as you know as much as it did. Kind of wish it didn't, because then these crazy things started coming out. You got, you know, I totally get it. Brandon Marshall's got sour grapes. He's not happy. I'll get to that in a minute. A lot of people thought almost as if I'm just, you know, ready to call out Brandon Marshall and say he's this, he's that. I don't care. I really don't care about Brandon Marshall. I think he was a really good NFL player. If you look at his resume, he's going to have a couple of arguments to say, hey, I should make the Hall of Fame. Do I think he'll get in? Probably not, but there's a very good argument there because he was an elite wide receiver for several years. I just don't think this was the moment for him to make his big splash in the media world. I know he's been with CBS and they've used him on TV and he doesn't have to worry about a job post-football. He's already good. This was not the time to just go full-on sour grapes, have your feelings hurt, and just trash the Saints because not only did he look stupid saying it, everything he said was wrong. So, for example, he came out and said the Saints offense is not that good anymore. People have the book on them. Uh, defenses are reading them. Where does he see that? Because the Saints were ranked third in total offense last year in scoring offense. Um, and Nick Underhill brought it up. If you're ranked third in scoring offense when your starting quarterback misses five of the 16 games, what does that tell you? Your offense is pretty good. Your coaching staff is pretty good. The Saints have all those pieces, and yet Brandon Marshall made that comment. And then here's my favorite part. He ripped Emmanuel Sanders by saying he's 50 years old. He's a year away from being next to me on the couch. If Emmanuel Sanders is 50 years old, and he can play for the New Orleans Saints, but Brandon Marshall, who signed with them in 2018, could never step on the field, what does that tell you about Brandon Marshall? I'm going to let you sit back and think about that. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Marshall wasn't good enough to play for the Saints. Clearly, he got his feelings hurt that he, could, that he couldn't do it. Couldn't beat out guys like Keith, Kirk, uh, Keith Kirkwood. Couldn't beat out Traquan Smith. All guys, by the way, that haven't made an impact in the NFL. Marshall couldn't beat them out. And now he's taking out his frustration on Sean Payton. That's cool. Let's see what happens in the fall. 
I got a good feeling the Saints are going to win the division again. Of course I do. And I also have a good feeling Brandon Marshall is going to still be out of a job in the NFL. So those two things go hand in hand, in my opinion. And I also don't think Brandon Marshall, a player who's been in the post, who's never been to the postseason, excuse me, should be giving out pointers on what's a winning team and what's not. Because if you haven't been around a winning culture, how would you know? Again, really good individual player. Great statistics. A perennial pro bowler during his prime. Never won anything. Never made the playoffs. I don't want to hear it. I really don't. But anyway, guys, that's enough talk about Brandon Marshall. Let's get into that interview with Craig Robertson, uh, veteran Saints linebacker. Really happy to have him on the show. So my first question for you, Craig, I want to ask you about this offseason. It's been really weird. You know, you have people in quarantine, gyms and facilities are locked down. How are you training for this upcoming season, but also at the same time passing the time and be able to, you know, in a sense, keep your sanity? Uh, well, uh, good question for one. Uh, I got kids, so for us, the, the time kind of flies by because they're on, like, a schedule. So we, my my wife does all the homeschool stuff with our older two, and my youngest, you know, she just kind of hangs out because she's not even two yet. Um, so we just pass the time with them. And, you know, after nap time, uh, time kind of flies by because it's, you know, 3 o'clock and, they got, you know, four hours, four and a half hours to bedtime. So that kind of passed time there. Um, for me, it's kind of a little bit different training-wise, uh, obviously because I'm training at home. Um, but blessed enough to have a home gym. The only thing different for me is just the, the timing. I, I used to be like a, a morning, 9 o'clock to noon train guy. Now I'm a, you know, when the kids are napping, that's when I'm training. Uh, you know, so I'm a noon one o'clock to three o'clock now so that, that probably the only difference so I, I gotta bother you about this i noticed you and mark ingram are having a you know a little bit of a back and forth joke on twitter about watching or renting trolls um so <laughs> if you're a movie critic there are we not giving that movie a good score what's going on with that no so the thing is we're giving it a good score right <clears throat> all the kids like it but whatever they're doing they're maximizing their profit because the kids are going to keep wanting to watch the same movie, right? So Onward came out when the quarantine kind of started. So Disney Plus, you know, put it on and, and let people buy it. And Disney Plus put it on and it was fine, right? Everybody's watching Onward. Great movie. But with Trolls, you can either buy it or you can rent it. No, no, no. You, you, you can't even buy it yet. You can only rent it. And so you pretty much the rent. Well, I don't know how much it was the rent. My wife did it, but you you only got it for forty eight hours. And if you know kids, kids want to watch the same movie when they get something new, and they want to watch it over and over and over again. And so you know, we just we watched it three times in forty eight hours, trying to burn the kids out on it. I think it worked right now, but we'll see in the next couple of days. That's great. Um, so I want to talk about the football side with the Saints. Obviously, you guys have been so good for the last three years, and the only thing missing is uh, not getting to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. So what do you think, if there's one thing in particular the Saints need to do to get over that hump? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's like one thing or like one piece. It's just it's just more so just being, just being consistent, right? Uh, if you can stay consistent like we have been over the past few years, you know what I'm saying? Like when the, when the cards fall in your favor, 
you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll be ready to go. So the whole thing is just, is not falling from where we are, but staying where we are and just staying, staying the most consistent as possible. So when we do get our chance to go, we'll be ready. Absolutely. So I saw this on, on Twitter the other day as well, revolving you guys. It was like Cam Jordan was claiming that Drew Brees has some bars and he's got to let them out one day. And I was a little skeptical about it. I said, I've seen Drew dance. I don't know if he has bars. So is it true that number nine actually can spit some of them? Man, look, I think, I mean, I'm biased, but I feel like Drew can do anything literally that he, he, he could put his mind to. Like, you wouldn't think Coach Payton had bars and Coach, Coach Payton got a whole song. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't know that, but because Peyton can spit too. So it's a it's a bunch of things that, you know, y'all don't know about a lot of the players because guys are real reserved. But, you know, we have fun in New Orleans, and I, I can say that for sure. See, Sean Payton, I kind of would expect. I've seen his shoes. He's got some nice Jordans on. I'm like, you know what? It, it looks like he fits the part. Um, but that's great. So – now, the NFC South is going to be a little bit different this year. Now you have Tom Brady with the Bucs. Um, obviously, as a defensive player, how do you feel about Brady being in the NFC South? Are you excited about that challenge? I mean, you know, every game you you look at different, right? And so, you know, Tampa's always been a game um, that that we looked at where it was always going to be a tough ball game. They have really good defense. And, you know, it was just whoever had the, uh, you know, better defense that day, you know, was going to win. And now, you know, it's uh, with with Tom. He's one of the GOATs to ever play the position. And, you know, we just got to play a full-team game. You know, it's, it's going to be um, different, you know, seeing a, a, a different quarterback in, in Tampa, you know. But to, for somebody like that to come to the NFC South, I mean, the NFC South is just is just loaded right now with uh, top quarterback. So it'll be fun for all our division games. So the the linebacker unit, you guys lost uh, unfortunately Mike Nolan. He goes to the Cowboys, um, but now you guys have Michael Hodges. And I actually a couple of months ago, um, I spoke to Caden Ellis about, it, and he was really excited about Coach Hodges and what he could bring to your group. Um, so how do you think that transition is going to be as a linebacker uh, going from Coach Nolan to Coach Hodges? Yeah, so so Coach Coach Hodges has has been with us since the beginning. So when we had Coach Nolan, we had Coach Hodges. So Coach Hodges has has grown with us and mirrored a, a lot of the stuff that Coach Nolan did. And you know, it's the the growth is still going to continue. Coach Hodges is is one of those young, uh, super super smart, brilliant coaches that that uh, luckily for us, he played the game. You know, and he's coached the game. Um, you know, he's he's been a coordinator in college, and he's been with us the last three years, four years. So just you know, watching him grow as a coach, uh, it it's just been amazing. And and you know, he's a guy that you can go to if you need a question answer real quick, and he's gonna have the answer. And if he doesn't, he's gonna go figure it out. And if you're gone, he's gonna call you or text you and give you that answer so you have it. You know, so that's that's the type of, you know, coaches that we have uh, in New Orleans, and he's mirrored that perfectly. 
So Sean Payton has been known for one of the more creative minds in the league, but he's also been one of the more charismatic guys. And we've actually seen on Twitter um, throughout this whole lockdown period that he's been active. He's been cracking jokes. He even took a, a shot at the Falcons, which was pretty funny. What's your best story you have, Sean Payton? Uh, man, I, I got a ton, really. But uh, I guess the one that I'll, I'll throw out there would, would just be training camp, right? And it was this. It was his past past training camp, and you know we're we're in New Orleans, and coach, you know we, we got a lot of older guys on the team, so we're looking at coach like, man, like when you gonna like when you gonna have a movie day, like when you gonna throw us a bone? And he, you know, came and was like, hey, I want all y'all, you know, all you guys that are looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, just don't look, ain't ain't no light. We're here to work. And so all the guys, all the other guys, we're looking like, golly, we thought we were going to get a bone. We heard like two days, we're going to have a movie day today. And now we got a, we had our meetings at nighttime. And so guys are planning like, oh, he's going to give us his bone. I'm going to go home, sleep in our bed. And he like, nope. Y'all finna, we got full pass tomorrow. If y'all looking for that lighting at the end of the tunnel, y'all close your eyes because it, it's not there. And we were all, like, deflated. But, you know, when we got to work in the morning, it was all the same thing, business as usual. And, you know, we just took care of business. But, you know, I got a bunch of stories about Sean. I don't know if all of them are appropriate. But I feel like that one is probably the best one that I can share. That definitely works. So I got to ask you, what do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for any team, uh, including the Saints this offseason, if the training program is shortened? Uh I feel like the 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 biggest challenge is, is just uh coaches trusting players, to be honest. You know, that's that's why me personally I, I feel like the uh training program is in effect. You know, coaches just wanna keep their eyes on a lot of the young players and make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's the that's the biggest thing is you get a lot of young players who go through their first and second off season. For one, they don't know how to go through off season yet. You know, they don't understand uh, how to take care of your body, how to be ready for OTAs versus how to be ready for training camp. Because those are two different types of readies. You know, a lot of them get ready for OTAs like it's training camp. And when training camp comes, the body's almost burned out. So they're starting to decline rather than incline. Um, so they try to monitor that as, as much as possible. And then, you know, if, if guys have knick-knack injuries, you know, they can take care of it, you know, via training staff. And now if guys got knick-knack injuries, it's like, hey, like, good luck. Like, see if you can, you know, take care of it and figure it out. You know, but, you know, that's that's just, you know, the nature of the beast right now because everybody's going through the same thing. I feel like the, the, the craziest part is going to be the draft, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think the draft also is going to be pretty nuts. Is there – obviously, um, you guys just want the team to improve and want some upgrades. Are there any positions or prospects in this draft you're thinking about, like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind being teammates with that guy? Uh, no, I mean, I I watch the college game a lot. Uh, I'm I'm just a football guy. Like, I, I just love watching football. I like watching guys make plays. So, I mean, anybody who, you know, joins the Saints is always uh, open – 
open arms from, you know, you know, most of us, you know. But yeah, not necessarily just one one person, but anybody who can help the team and, and, and help us, you know, achieve our ultimate goal, I'm all for it. So there's so much uncertainty right now. Uh, we both alluded to it. You know, no one really knows what's going to happen. If there was a chance in a scenario where games are being played without fans, what would be your thought process on suiting up to go in the Superdome and it's empty compared to the Superdome being arguably the best atmosphere uh, in all of the NFL? Yeah, that that would definitely be a hit um, to our home field advantage because, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, most people know, like, the atmosphere in the Superdome is crazy. You know, and, you know, to not have that, we might as well not even play in the Superdome. If it's, if it's like that, we can play at the practice field, you know. But, hey, I feel like my high school coach used to say it all the time, it don't matter who in the stands, you got a 100 yards and opportunity in the middle. So guys will figure it out. If it ain't no fans, guys will, you know, be turned up on the sideline and, you know, try to create as much atmosphere as you can, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be tough. So last question for you, Craig, I want to ask you, cause I saw you were on Twitter um, defending uh, your teammate Taysom Hill for some reason, you know, he took criticism because people were saying he might become a future starter and, and someone put up, you know, low lights of his time at BYU. Um, and, and I want to know, we all know Drew's a legend. How confident would you be in Taysom eventually becoming the starting quarterback for the Saints? Well, okay, well this this is the thing. So when you play for the Saints, you confident in everybody on your team. That's that's how it works. Like that's that's how we're all built. We all believe in one like one another. When Drew got hurt and Teddy was the guy, there was no doubt. Like guys like Ray. Other guys like, well, we got to make more plays on defense to help out Teddy, right? Guys on offense like, Teddy ready. You know what I'm saying? And then if it was the same thing with Taysom, we're going to go out and go play. The thing is, like, we got one of the best offensive minds with Pete, uh, with Sean, with all those guys on the offense side of the ball. Like, they're legendary. And so – we got to trust them that they're going to put, you know, Taysom, Teddy, Drew, whoever else they want to throw a quarterback in the best position. And we trust them, then we trust whoever's that quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, Craig, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview, man. And uh, I'm hoping that, you know, these cable companies just drop the prices a little bit so you don't have to drop a lot of money on, on trolls every uh, 48 hours, man. Man, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, man. Uh, take care. I hope you and your family are safe during these times. All right, man. You too. You take care. And once again, that was Craig Robertson, the Saints veteran linebacker and team captain, uh, special teams ace, ace as well, if you want to throw that in there. Really great guy. Really funny guy, too. And he's just like everyone else, man. You're trying to get through this time. Uh, you're waiting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. He's still training. All these players are trying to keep up in shape. It's definitely not easy. Um, one point I want to talk about right before we end this show is, uh, you know, I asked Craig about the challenge of having, you know, a shortened training camp and how that works. I actually think a shortened season, um, obviously not a shortened season, but a shortened off season program. There's no pro to that. There's obviously no benefit out, out of that. The more practice, the better, um, because you have probably less injuries. You have more time to, you know, get your chemistry down, but 
on the flip side, there's a lot of change going on in the NFL. We had a lot of quarterback movement, um, a couple of teams making splash trades here and there. The Saints, for the most part, are a consistent team. Uh, they didn't lose anyone that I think would have cost them, uh, that could cost them next season. For example, you lose Bridgewater, hate to see him leave, but he wasn't going to start next year. You lose Eli Apple, well, at least for now, he's still a free agent because his, Oak, his uh, Vegas deal fell through. I don't know if Eli Apple was going to start next year with Janoris and Marshawn Lattimore there. You lose Von Bell, you replace him with Malcolm Jenkins, which brings me to my second point regarding that. The only additions the Saints made were veteran guys who, one, you trust them, two, you know their work ethic's fantastic, and three, you bring them in and you don't worry about the chemistry fit because Malcolm's already been there with the Saints. And then if you think about um, Emmanuel Sanders, look what he did in a short time. He goes to the 49ers and he helps them make a Super Bowl appearance. So I think the Saints are in a really good spot where as a division rival, like let's say the Buccaneers, you have a new quarterback. you got to get Brady acclimated with Bruce Arians' system. He has to get his timing down with Godwin and Mike Evans. Uh, Bruce Arians has to get used to the way Tom Brady wants to run the offense. There's a lot of moving parts. You look at Atlanta. They lost Austin Hooper. They lose Devontae Freeman. They add Todd Gurley. They lose a couple of offensive linemen. They lose Vic Beasley. A lot of moving parts. Lose Desmond Trufant as well. A lot to change there. You look at Carolina. Totally, totally dis at a disadvantage there. You have a new OC in Joe Brady, a new head coach in Matt Rule, a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. I could go down the list, but my whole point is those three other teams, the NFC South, a lot of change going on with their roster and coaching staff for some of them. So... I want to see how they adjust. The Saints don't have many adjustments to make. It's just about improving, and I think they'll be able to do that um, even if the offseason program is shortened for them. But that's going to do it, guys, for this episode of Straight Up Saints. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Craig Robertson. He's a great guy, great teammate, um, real humble dude, but also a funny guy as well. Uh, gotta love having him on. Would love to have him on again in the near future if I can. Um, but I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. I hope you guys are all staying safe during this time. And if you haven't already, I already dropped the link, but if you guys want some cool little Saints, uh, you know, gear and stickers and stuff like that, I'll drop in a link, very cheap, very affordable uh, for you guys if you want. And don't forget to subscribe. Reason being, I'm going to try and have a couple of interviews next week as well. Um, and, and if that happens, I want you guys to be alerted right away, especially with the NFL draft um, less than a week away. So th that's going to be fun times. But yet again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please stay safe. And until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend.